Okay, let's get a little sip before the show starts. Whew, Lord, this isn't a stout. Where'd all these hops come from? Oh, God, the day's finally come. It's our IPA episode. Join us as we talk about the history, the styles, and the hops. So come in and have a mouthful of hops. I, I mean, have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Oh. Everybody been? Yeah. We uh, had an interesting weekend. Well, Casey's been gone for a few hours, so... <laughs> so we have a lot oh. of beer in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> the liquor fairy made made his visit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was the weekend better than, than working? Yes. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. That depends no, if you it's... ask my liver. Mm. Look, your liver doesn't get a say in this. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It clearly doesn't. <laughs> uh, so the yeah. whole point was we went to the Braxton Brewing uh, one-year anniversary party on Saturday. But Casey came up Friday for the event and stayed with us Friday night. And, you know, the Braxton thing was actually starting pretty early. Well, it started at noon, but we got there around 11-ish. So just to get in and get enough time to get settled and everything. We thought there'd be like a big line and stuff, but actually there, there wasn't because the way they had it set up this time, as opposed to the block party is they took up even more of the, the area beside the brewery where there is a parking lot. So they had a giant tent set up and they went ahead and let people in. Like they, you couldn't get inside their brewery until noon. But you could get your hand stamped and get in and go ahead and get a beer. Um, one of the food trucks, I think, was open. So um, you could actually get in around between 11 and 11.30 or whatever. You Which just couldn't go inside. Open? Hmm? Which food truck was open? Um, Where, was it a key? No. <laughs> it was not it was Empanada's. Not, it was, uh... In fact, Empanada's Ike was driving me crazy because they were taking so long all day. It was like 20-minute oh. wait on fries. Yeah, for the... Garlic yes. fries, 20 minutes. And they weren't even fries. They were some weird turd-looking <laughs> tuber vegetable. Weren't they like, uh, I want to say plantains, but that's not right. That's like yucca. They, or... they did have plantains as an option. But, um, okay. th- these were yucca fritas or something. It, Fry, it, fried, okay, yeah. It had the texture of kind of like a parsnip. Hmm. Um, but it, I guess it's like something, yeah, the place is like Venezuelan, I think. So something along oh. those lines. But we were like, no, I distinctly remember these were potato last time we had them. I feel I like, feel like they, they weren't potato last time, actually. But they were definitely, they, I don't know. Something must have been up with their fries because it wasn't, right. they weren't, they were very, very hard. 
Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's the food. Like, and the, the food Cuban was good. Pete. Cuban Pete's, oh. Pete's was back. Um, and then a new one. Uh, instead of the de- that disgusting Cincinnati chili, they had Texas Joe's, uh, the legal Mexican. <laughs> oh, they were good tacos. Was there? I feel like there should have been a big wall behind them, and there was a <laughs> companion food truck. Yeah. That would have been great. Well, they were back in the corner against the fencing, so <laughs> <laughs> that should count. Yeah, that should. Oh, we should have gotten a picture of that. But well, hindsight um, is twenty twenty. Yeah. But so we we did get to check into a lot of beers this weekend because we started we went to this the local which you've been to with us once um the Chinese place near us called Kung yeah, Fu yeah. Chews it's like yeah. it's rated one of the best places uh, to eat in Cincinnati in the greater Cincinnati area and nice. yeah and, and they have an amazing beer list and the bartenders know what they're talking about so we we each had a beer there plus shared the last beer because it was one we can't find anywhere to buy. It's the uh, Dragon's Milk Vanilla Chai, Ooh. which was which has now set the bar for most stouts for us. <laughs> um, and then, so we had beer there, and then we went to Braxton for Firkin Friday. They do an experimental on the last Friday of the month. They always do an experimental, like, one barrel of beer. And we they don't say until the day before what it is. So this comes into where the entire weekend became something that we didn't plan, but Casey had apparently been planning all along. He, he <laughs> I think it was a master plan time, situation. Sure. Yeah. But we left after... Okay, I do have to say the pleasant surprise that happened at Amerasia when I'm like, oh, I'll take the uh, Sabretooth, which was a local one, uh, Rheingeist, and in the middle of pouring it, the tap blows. Like, suddenly it's just the... Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, you get half of one. And then it was like, oh, oh well, what are, you, what are you tapping next? <laughs> yeah, and, it, and he goes, oh, we're going to be uh, tapping Hop Slam next. Oh. That's so what's like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, I mean, we'll, not we'll that take... I'm going to say anything bad about Hop Slam. I'm just mean, you know, if I was hoping for one thing, and it's yeah, like, well, yeah. we have something entirely different. Especially when we hadn't actually tried the one thing yet. So, like the first thing. Yeah, I hadn't had um, Sabretooth yet, so I got the, you know, line tap. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's great. But and we got to we got to go to Eight Ball Brewing, which is the beer or which uh, the bar inside Party Source, and um, I got a flight there. I really love the way they do their flight system. We actually took a picture on the show's Instagram um, account, and it's um, the flight uh, board is like a chalkboard, and they have forty things on tap, and so you just write numbers in front of each cup space or glass space, and then they put those there. Yeah, like a chalk. She couldn't decide what she wanted to drink because they have such a massive list. So basically, Casey, Casey was like, we're going to do a flight. And then Casey sent her through a little mini tasting. I only liked the one that I picked. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't hate the Moorline quad, but I li- I really liked the one, which I'd never had anybody anything from this brewery. It's a Louisville brewery. Um, oh, my God. Against the grain. Against the grain. And it was a smoky... Um, beer, it, Smoky Wicket, I think it was. It doesn't sound that bad, actually. I kind of. It was quite good, and and it it wasn't like an artificial smoke taste, <laughs> but it wasn't a burn your mouth Scotch smoke. But it was kind of along those same lines. It wasn't like someone just threw in some like liquid smoke. Yeah, because you can taste the difference on that for the most part. Um, but no, it was really good, and so we've had we actually had two smoky beers this weekend because, um, again, last minute decision. Uh, we went to 
Listerman for the first time, which is a granddaddy of all the brewing in Cincinnati, pretty much. And um, and it surprisingly not as far away as we were ever thinking it was for some reason. Um, I thought it was like seven states over and up a mountain. Yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's like fifteen minutes from us. <laughs> so um, we went there for the first time, and it was a really nice environment, very relaxed, and and there wasn't a ton of people, but you could tell it was. I think it's gonna it was gonna get busy there later. I assumed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did a release of, um, so we, we mentioned it last episode, the Roush beer. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the smoke stuff. So they did a, a special release of their one that they already had, but it's got, it's barrel aged maple version of their smoke stout. <laughs> oh, God. So no, it okay. was a, it was a Bach. Uh, oh yeah. The smoke, the Bach, sorry. Um, but it, so it was called, um, Fryer Bacon and it's the ma- barrel aged maple fryer bacon it tastes amazing yeah so we we, we got a, a little cup there and then we all got bottles and we're probably gonna go back and try to see if we can get another bottle they had <laughs> in three versions they have their original just the smoky roush beer and then they had it with the maple added and then they had it in the barrel aged with the maple and the smoke from the barrel and the maple that they added it it tastes like you're drinking bacon <laughs> it, oh my god no we're gonna we're gonna get another bottle and we're gonna save it for when you're up here next because you have to try this okay uh case anybody was wondering how my how how my weekend went uh i got to clean out a uh, peach puree out of three different refrigerators oh good exciting so yeah but did good you to drink know anything? someone was having a good time did you drink anything new or uh not 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 this weekend, no. Uh, I've, I I don't think I had anything. I've been trying to finish off the uh, Sam Adams seasonal pack. I oh, right, the cabin pack, yeah. Uh, so like I, I like I've gone through like some like their. I think I had like the escape route maybe for the first time mm. this week. Which oh, was that pretty sounds nice. good, yeah. Uh, and then they're uh, had their se- couple of their session ales and. Uh, I was trying to think of something else that I had of theirs that was in that it was pretty good, but I can't. I don't have the bottle sitting right next to me, waiting to be recycled. Sure. Um, <laughs> just how I remember bringing what's nearby. Just oh yeah, that. Like, oh, um, yeah, there well, is. and you know what? We saw at Kroger they have the new summer collection out. Yep. I did. Oh, it's already time for the summer. It's a yeah. solid. It's a solid lineup. In it, it. Yeah. It, it. It's like the cabin pack in that it looks like I would actually drink everything in it. <laughs> so uh, we were trying. Uh, I will say, like I did, I did talk uh, talk uh, one of my one of my coworkers into trying uh, the nitro vanilla porter from Breckenridge mm. for the first time. Mm. Like, uh, we went down to uh, we went down to the pub to do a uh, like the the big chain of restaurants, the pub. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we were doing uh, uh, our we were setting up a movie draft for the summer, and we we're going to be doing it in person with them, and they. You know, some of my friends had been there before. Came in, they were just like, oh yeah, good Nitro Breckenridge. You know, everybody else was getting it, and then my friends at Sam goes like, what, what, what are those? He wants a Nitro Breckenridge stout. Okay, <laughs> fine. He tries it, and, and like he came, he even said like, I didn't tell you the other night, that stuff was on point. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. We're it's all aware. Yes, <laughs> pretty good. I've got a barrel of the, uh, or barrel, a bottle of the rum barrel aged Ooh. that they did. Oh, yeah. That's another one we've got to crack open at some point when you're up. I just feel like uh, I need to like 
take this guy that you know I work with. Like, no, we're going to take you on a beer hunting experience. <laughs> beer adventures, right? Um, no, you, if you can come up honestly for like Cincinnati Beer Week or something in June. I mean, they're hopefully come up before then, obviously. But right. uh, that would be an interesting time. But then um, Craft Beer Week is like in May, I want to say, or earlier June or something like that, and that's when they do that big burger thing up here. Oh, that's um, right. You just reminded me that it's almost time for the first of May, and I need to learn how to play that song on my ukulele. Uh, <laughs> and it's almost free comic book because day. we know what starts that day. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, and then the one oh, so I don't know if this is going to get us an explicit label, but I want to talk about this for like two seconds. The uh, I mean, I don't know if we're ready to talk about what what we're doing outdoors in the first of May. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. So transition. We're we uh, doing it in Norwood. So remember Listerman <laughs> that we were talking about before. Um, uh-huh. So there's a video, and Casey tweeted at at the show account and and tweeted at Listerman about it. And I guess they, I'm assuming the video came first and the beer came after. Yeah, it's just someone made a little viral video, and it's it's called "Don't Talk Shit About Norwood." <laughs> and so the beer which i also got a shirt for because it was a good price and it's one of those really stupid comfortable shirt material things mm-hmm. that they have now um at listerman called and it's got don't talk shit about norwood on the front of it so they have a pale ale called don't talk shit about norwood and it's the funniest thing because i you know i work in norwood and it's just, <laughs> I, I showed my boss and like it's just been floating around the office now and everybody's like just dying over it because <laughs> the guy kind of sounds like donnie baker from the bob and tom show in the video okay. and it's just really funny if like if you get a chance you got to watch it like it just go find our twitter thing or or casey's twitter thing but it's hilarious but the, it's a pretty good pale ale too like it's not a bad it's not a bad go um and we actually got interviewed too at really? listerman uh by a former doorman at, from braxton who now works for the local news station and he's covering beer bottle releases. Oh. <laughs> like they it... hired him to cover bottle releases. It's like that's his job for a news outlet. Well, is I don't to know cover if he meant that. Like that's his new thing. Or maybe he's yeah. just doing the beer thing. Or I don't know. But yeah. That, that, so that was interesting. Either way. There's apparently there's a beer beat you can get working right? for a paper somewhere. Which around here makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So. But yeah, so that that was that was our weekend. So just to round that out, I just wanted to bring that up because I don't think we brought it up before, and it was really funny, and it's just kind of gone downhill from there since then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds cool. We just keep quoting it, and it can't be quoted here. <laughs> Screw you is another way to say what they say in the video. Uh, <laughs> don't talk shit about Norwood. <laughs> but yeah. All right, enough about us. Yeah. I, I yeah, believe I, we... We need to keep feeding my ego. <laughs> Enough about us. How about some news? Okay. That might actually be me throughout this episode. I oh my gosh. I can't stop burping and other things. So much carbonation. Breaking okay. news, local man. Can't <laughs> stop burping. All right, the actual breaking news. We hate to bring you another sad somber story. From the last tragedy, episode. <laughs> tragedy strikes the, the Stone Brewing Company. <laughs> yes. They are retiring the smoked porter. Oh, no. I know. I didn't know this existed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, okay. I saw it on the shelf last time we were at the liquor store, and if I'd, I'm going to be trying to find some now. Uh, it always happens that way. Like, 
you you think there's time and there's just there isn't time now. I but, wasn't always aware of stone before because I, they were kind of like like Ryan guys is up here with very heavy hops, you know. Right. So I'd never really paid attention to what any of the other cho- choices they had until recently. Well, that's the interesting thing when I was reading through this story to find out. Okay, we'll start. Uh, born November 1996 and retiring November 2016, so it had a good 20 year run. Uh, so, okay, so- first of all, let's let's talk about how that shouldn't be 20 years ago. Like we're slowly <laughs> creeping towards death, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, 96. That was a good year. I mean. I can remember that was two years before the N64 and Ocarina of Time. I can remember that summer. That was a really, that was a strong outside summer. That sounds like a song. (laughs) Before the N64 and Ocarina of Time (laughs) kept you indoors. Yeah. Before I never saw the sun again. But deciding to retire a beer hardly comes with a swift resounding chop, especially not when that beer has been with us since nearly day one, when Stone Smoked Porter became the second beer to bear the stone name. That is what got me. Okay, everyone knows stone now by IPAs. Their second yeah. beer that they ever did was a porter. Mm-hmm. Now I really want to try it. <laughs> I, and I never in my head can like wrap my mind around the idea of like, you know, ending or retiring a beer because I'm just like, I mean, you make it. It's selling. Just keep going. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes you got to make room. Yeah. Um, that's what they say, uh, but times change, and so must our beer lineup. However heartbreaking it may be for us and those of you who have enjoyed the inviting aroma and darkly sweet character of this polished ebony gem. Man, they – I don't know if, they, if they're canceling this beer or if they're just keeping it for themselves so they can, you know, date it. I mean, I would. It's the polite way to say what, I, what would get us an explicit label if we haven't already gotten it. <laughs> Yeah, and from what it sounds like, uh, which is why we decided to take this year not to say goodbye, but to celebrate and pay tribute to its storied 20 years. They could have gone one more year. Canceled it when it was old enough to drink. Old enough when it was when it was old enough to buy itself. Right. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. One day, uh, maybe one day it will come out of retirement. <laughs> that would be nice. It's going to be like the Disney vault. Yeah, like yeah. beers are gonna start going in the vault for a while. Oh my god! Why isn't Stone like making like the Stone Vault? <laughs> the Stone Vault. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well we'll leave that one there then. All right. <laughs> but yeah, the, they go on about you know where they came up with the idea for it, and I guess they're doing a special release. You know they're gonna put it in these big. It's gonna say "Born November 1996." On the bottles, so yeah, we can all those of us who enjoy a good porter. Yeah. Well, on the uh, description on the bottle, if you haven't seen this, porter with hints of chocolate and coffee, balanced by subtle smokiness. Come on. It's no part of that sentence I don't love. Mm. But yeah, the it's like an obituary. The article when you bring it up on Stone's website, <laughs> may its twenty-year legacy linger on. Man, like just, I, I think about that too. Just like it, it is kind of an obituary. Like I feel like it shouldn't just say like born nineteen ninety six. It should also say, you know, you know, give it a, give it its run or you know, give a special like a little tombstone label. Yeah. Hmm. Retired November twenty sixteen. Or maybe maybe they retire beer like they do uh, jerseys and they <laughs> just hang it up in the rafters. 
Now, it's also kind of, I hope this doesn't become a trend, because you look at some of the older craft brewers, like Anchor. Anchor's been mm-hmm. around since, like, the 70s. Yeah. Like, if they started retiring beers, <laughs> we'd be hurting. Yeah. And I imagine there's, like, there's a finite amount of space that they have to, to brew their stuff in. That's probably what this is actually. Oh, yeah. And the, well, they're doing so much expansion-wise. Uh, I think they've expanded to East Coast. Um, yeah. And they've got the brewery they put in in Germany, I believe. They're going to be the first craft beer uh, putting out cans in Europe. So, I mean, they, they've got a lot on their plate. I mean... Something's got to go and make room. Yeah, and I mean, they've been giving us a lot of good beer, especially recently. Like, they're just piling it on. So, mm, I guess... Barrel it, a, that barrel-aged arrogant bastard. <laughs> Sorry. I've still not gotten to try it. <laughs> yeah. I need to find some, and then I need to cellar it. But I need to find a cellar first. Closets. A back closet. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. But I, did, uh, I have seen a stone Americano uh, stout. Espresso stout that I wanted to get. But it's only in six packs, and you know how I am with buying a six pack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, here's, here's what we do. Next time I'm up, you buy a six pack. We'll split it, and then... Well, that sounds like a good idea, actually. <laughs> like, okay, but, that way you don't feel like you have has a big of, as big of an investment. Yeah, so everyone remember, uh, keep your eyes peeled for a stone smoked porter. Grab you up a bottle to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll try to find some this week. Yeah, we'll move on to the next story here. Craft uh, beer sales set new national mark in 2015. So Damn. it's being reported craft beer sales exceeded 20 percent of the American beer market in 2015. A new record for the booming industry subsector. Yeah, that's considering how small it was in past years, and that is a massive takeover. 20% of the market. Yeah, apparently, because they mentioned here, like, in 2011, it was under 10%. Like, that's that's a that's that's really big growth, especially when you know you consider there's still Anheuser Busch and Miller Coors. And- yeah, in four mm-hmm. years, these I mean, small independent companies who I mean, they are being bought up now. Yeah, but but it's, still, it's, it's easy to see the explosion that's happened of craft brands, though. Right. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, sorry, I was reading part of this here. They. Uh, there's something that caught my eye, and I'm just trying to make sure there wasn't anything ahead of it that seemed important. But it was uh, achieved a sell growth of 4.7% in 2015, reported to fall in production levels. And that part's not important. But it also says craft beer and imported Mexican beer are the two biggest growth segments in the industry as a whole. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's the. they're saying these numbers stood in great contrast to the beer industry as a whole. Yeah, like though beer overall is actually on a decline. Like right. it's not plateaued; it is starting to go down. But craft beer is still shooting up, taking more and more of the market, while the market okay. shrinks. But then they had yeah. also noted that it was odd. Um, some of the biggest players, and it mentions Boston Beer and Yingling, uh, saw slower growth. Yeah, I can see like Boston probably seeing slower growth, but still growing because like they're they're experimenting with a whole lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a kind of just gives me the impression that like they're, they're seeing their growth is slowing and they're just throwing stuff out there like come on try this one to a point i mean they've always been could kind of big yeah, on experimentation which is funny now that we talk because like so while we were at the store um at party source on friday 
we saw two new Angry Orchard variants. Not mm. not variants of the, but they're um they're aged like barrel aged Angry Orchard ciders. I, I think I saw some of these the other day when I was like I think last week when I was hunt, you know looking for for beer mm-hmm. for you know get me through the week. Yeah, so th- those looked interesting. And then the, as we talked about the the summer collection for Sam Adams is out, and there are two completely new flavors in that too. So I mean they're probably just they're working on it. You know they're they're just definitely trying something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you gotta hope it's not to the point to where they're just flinging things at the wall, hoping something sticks. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't think. I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, I they're not saying. I don't mean it quite like it's it's quite like that, but I feel like they're they're trying to push out a whole lot of different things, and they're just like something's gonna you know something's gonna catch them a little bit of extra attention, and they they can maybe focus a little bit more in some of those areas. I don't know. Hmm. Um. They also mentioned here near the near end of this article, I saw uh, the number, uh, like the the growth slows naturally. The base of craft breweries expands, and in 2015, the number of such breweries, I'm assuming smaller craft breweries, uh, increased 15 percent, uh, representing 4,225 of the record 4,269 breweries in America at year's end. Yeah, wow. craft brewers exploding. The number—it seems like every other week they're just like, "Oh, the it just keeps going up." <laughs> there's there's no end in sight. Like every month, we're beating the record for the most breweries that have ever existed in America. That and, and again, not to sound like I'm being pessimistic, but that's got to stop eventually. Like, well, there, yeah, yeah, there will be a bubble eventually because we were, I think we were talking to Casey about this, and it was some what was it he said like six hundred some breweries opened last year and well, yeah i'm only... here it actually says 620 okay and it was like 60 something closed yeah, yeah. So, so i when... mean there's always gonna be something to offset it yeah like 10 times as many opened as closed and that's not sustainable right now that said i'm all for having a crazy amount of different breweries to try stuff out from oh yeah yeah i want more people making more beer not not just two companies telling me what i have to drink Making all the same beer. Yeah. Well, and I don't think the whole craft thing is ever going to um, complete. I mean, it's never going to go away, but it's also, even if the brewery thing doesn't, if the numbers don't show, you also still have weird side stuff like home brewers sending in stuff to big, to slightly bigger breweries. Like you have, like Sam Adams does the one shot stuff and like um, there's the beer camp thing. And yeah. so there's always going to be ways to get completely new things. Right, and like they even have that on even some of the smaller scales. Like, uh, I know several of the breweries in town do uh, home brewing competitions where people get get their stuff. You know, whoever wins gets to have their have a keg of their stuff. You know, on tap for a while. Right. Yeah, Braxton's getting ready to do one of those. We tried to convince Casey to uh, <laughs> prepare a submission, but I don't think he has enough time. Yeah, it's only so much time. To, to brew beer and it's not a quick sort of hobby no no it is not Definitely. nor cheap nor cheap um all right but yeah overall uh the market i mean craft beer is gobbling it up and i think that's going to lead anheuser-busch and others to try and buy up more of them since they can't come up with a new idea to save their lives right so moving on to our final story uh it's coming from deschutes and the letters. <laughs> Every time. You, you, couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't not. I can't. I have a problem. 
and that problem is drinking, which leads me to make bad jokes. <laughs> but Deschutes, uh, had, they made the press announcement. They are opening an East Coast brewery in Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, God, it's going to vanish. <laughs> We're going to lose the whole brewery. <laughs> Just going to be a barrel out there with Croatoa etched into it. That's all that's going to be left. Good Lord. Amazing. But no, they are spending $85 million on this new brewery in Virginia. It's going to bring 105 new jobs to Roanoke. And it's going to be the 148th brewery in the state of Virginia. Wait, there's that many breweries in Virginia? Right? That's, I heard that. And I, was I like, could think of like three. Like, I don't know of any of these. I was like, I know of like one or two from Casey. But otherwise, I, I have no idea. Like... That's like less than two hours away. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, but yeah, uh, in the article, uh, Deschutes Brewery announced its much anticipated decision on an East Coast location today at an event in downtown Roanoke, Virginia. The growing brewery, which was founded in Oregon in 1988 by Gary Fish, has explored hundreds of potential locations in the region. Over the last two years, the company selected Roanoke based on several criteria, including a culture and community that fit it well within Deschutes' decades-deep roots. You mean the the, the community that didn't disappear? <laughs> yes. Explained mystery. <laughs> but yeah, I can kind of see that because Virginia, even you know the bigger towns like Roanoke, it's very similar to a northwestern area. I, I want I want a new sort of T-shirt bumper sticker thing for Virginia. It's not just for lovers anymore. <laughs> I'm now beer. looking at the list. Okay, so I, this is what happens to me when we're on the shows now. I don't know what happens now. Like the, the, the last few episodes, I'm like, what? And then I have to go look everything up. Um, <laughs> Virginia.org slash craft beer. You can get a whole list of every single brewery in Virginia. And there are a few. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're interested in that. But the article, I like... Uh... The future Roanoke facility has been lovingly dubbed Brew 4, as it takes its place in line after the original Bend, Oregon, public house, which is called Brew 1, the brewery's production facility in Bend, which is known as Brew 2, and the Portland, Oregon house, public house, which is Brew 3, and where we'll be at in September. But Brew 4 will be located at the eastern edge of Roanoke, with construction on the site beginning in 2019. That's a long way off. Yeah, yeah. we got to uh, wait. I mean, that's when construction begins. So it might be 2020 before that place is producing anything. God, I hope there's a whole year of really hard-hitting journalism in the year 2020. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really cool that they're, they're getting in a whole new brewery uh, or a new branch. At, over on this coast. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great for so, us. Uh, East Coast gonna be getting tons of Deschutes. I mean, we're already getting a bunch, but even more. See how I didn't say delighters that time? <laughs> Did it hurt? It, a little bit, but I still ended up saying it. That made me feel better. The uh, facility is gonna be uh, able to produce approximately 150 thousand barrels to start. That seems like so much, but I feel like it's actually not. Yeah, well, they are. There is a design to increase capacity as needed. Uh, like, hundred and fifty thousand barrels sounds like enough for me. <laughs> but what are the rest of you guys going to do for your beer? <laughs> I mean, there's other places we can go. <laughs> 
But no, Deschutes expects to start. Sh- oh, here we go. They expect to start shipping beer from the Roanoke location in about five years. So yeah, it'll probably be twenty twenty one before we get to be drinking anything that's coming mm-hmm. from this place. Twenty twenty two. Oh yeah. You know math. <laughs> I'm not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I I I like the idea of places expanding east. Uh, because a whole lot of brewing happens in the West. Yeah, still. We get left out of a lot of stuff, but this will this will help mend those wounds. Yeah. Now Rogue just needs to give us something over here. Mm-hmm. Gotta, we got to bring the country together. we got to make beer great again. <laughs> uh, Rogue and or Stone, if that would just come over here for a minute. It would be fine. <laughs> Stone's over here. I think oh. they put, uh, they're putting a facility in Virginia as well. Oh. Well, okay, then. Again. Big picture of beer on a T-shirt, like with like Virginia floating in it, and it just says, "Not just for lovers anymore." That's it's my shirt idea. It's free. Someone go out there and steal it. That one's free. You get a taste. A little taste. Okay, I think that's gonna do us on news. So let's move into our new little untapped corner or whatever we're calling. It. We're untapped. We're gonna talk about untapped. Get riggedy riggedy racks up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Papa love a dub dub. Papa love a dub dub. Uh, let's not get into how great that album is. Although, <laughs> although people need to go buy Ali Gertz's sad, sad dance songs. Uh, yeah. Um, untapped. Uh, we got three badges that we just wanted to give you guys a heads up on, and we wanted to say. Uh, Congratulations to everyone. We could see everyone participating in the St. Patrick's Day badge grab. Yeah, we it definitely was, got our luck of the Irish ones. It was it was cool seeing all the you know everyone hitting that luck of the Irish. You know, just you know they did been planning them out, I guess, because I made sure to hit my last one on on St. Patrick's Day. It's like, no, it's Irish time. Yeah, it, and it was a weird feeling of like like when 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 we're playing WoW and somebody dings. And just, like, <laughs> just everyone going GG. Yeah, grats, grats. But yeah, uh, it was nice to see a lot of you dinging up the multiple badges with us. I think I came in with uh, four badges that week, all to do with St. Patrick's Day and Guinness. Yeah, because last least... second, Guinness was like more badges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I hit I hit a couple ranks, I think, of one of the Guinness ones, and then I uh, I know I got. Um, I think I hit another Land of the Free badge, which... Oh, yeah. With the man, Irish those... styles. Yeah, the Irish yeah. styles and the American beers. I was going to say, like, man, the, the number of Land of the Free badges I've got. Yeah, I think uh, this past weekend I dinged up to level 40 in that, and Casey dinged up I to, like, 45. I think I saw Brittany at 39. Yeah, I'm up there, there on that one. I don't remember the number. I'm at, like, 20-something, because I constantly forget to check into beer. Uh... <laughs> It's, we have to remind each other. It's compulsion now to check in. Like, it, I'm like, getting oh. much better at it, and it, it makes me track how much I've actually drank, and then I go, oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is like when Foursquare was fun. Like, yeah. You're not the mayor of crap. I just g- give me the badges. <laughs> you know, that's true. all I want. <laughs> Although I want to be mayor of beer. Yes. That's fair. Or like the, yeah, I could be the, like if we could be the mayor of Braxton or something. All right, or fine. If... Yeah. <laughs> You know, at this point, Casey would be like Grand Pontiff of some sort of... (laughs) (laughs) All right. The Grand Um, Poobah. (laughs) Some badges are coming up. Uh, 
This one is, should be a big heads up uh, for everyone to keep their eye out for. It's called Migration Week. This one's been announced. Uh, to unlock the Migration Week badge, simply check in any Goose Island beer in the following cities during the designated months. And I'm not going to go through all these because there's a few of them. Uh, we'll have the link up so you can go check it out and see if they're coming to a town near you. Yeah, they're very specific cities, and there's a good list of dates there. Because it, it ends around basically right before winter, really, uh, this year. So um, different cities, different dates. So we'll definitely provide that in the show notes. Yeah, uh, yeah, Goose Island is making the trek across two continents, and they're digging into their stash, giving you access to some of the hardest beers to check in on Untapped. This is your chance to meet the Goose Brewers and educators and try some new beers. So as this, I'm guessing that these time frames are we're going to be, they're going to be in these towns. So you could check up with Goose on their social media and see when they're exactly going to be there offering some of these hard to get beers. Or you can just pop out to a bar you know that serves Goose Island stuff during the dates in the towns. So we looked into, they will be in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, September 28th to October 28th. Just after Oktoberfest. Just after Oktoberfest, which means you have to come back up. <laughs> I mean, oh darn. Um, wait, two continents. What other continent are they going to? Probably South America. I don't see that listed anywhere in there. Yeah. Oh, just... in the cities, yeah. Hmm. Like, I don't see anything that seems like another... Like, they have... Oh, they Mexico City, Mexico is on here. Mm. That's the same continent. That is the same continent. Maybe they just worded it weirdly. Because, um, like, they have Canada. But maybe, maybe they meant to say country. Maybe they did. Yeah, that could be it. But, yes, yeah, it's continents. They probably meant two countries in. All right, but, yeah, so hop on there and check that out and see if they come near you so you can snag that badge. And we also have one that just happens to be geographically near us. Uh, cheers to new beers. This is from Yard House. There are a bunch of different Yard House restaurants you probably already know. There's one near you because they play nothing but classic rock and have over 150 beers on tap uh, every day. Yard tall beer. Yes, yeah. yes, you can get a yard of beer. Very good food. I mean, the food's okay, but there's a yard of beer. <laughs> uh, they are boasting each location houses as much as 4,000 gallons of beer. Oh, oh. good lord. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you can check into any three listed new beer offerings at that location that you're at uh, from March 28th to June 5th to get this badge. So basically, you could just go in and ask them, "Oh, what are some? What are your new beers?" And order three of those. I want to walk in one time and ask for a le- for a meter of beer. <laughs> just see what they do. Can I get a liter of cola? <laughs> Not a liter, a meter. Oh, a meter. <laughs> See if they bring you three yards of beer. <laughs> the thing is, there's a, a link on the, the untapped the blog page where they, they talk about this, but there's no actual list of new beers like to go to on their website. Or at least I'm not finding it on the Yardhouse website. I think it may be... Uh... So you probably just have to go there. Yeah, you have to ask the bartender. Yeah, they probably have like a list on their thing of like, the, what, yeah. what, what do you got new? Yeah, they have a lot of lists when you go there. Like, oh, here's the featured stuff. Here's the local stuff. Here's the so they like are the, the chalkboard list. And, and the yard house has been a fixture of bachelor parties. It <laughs> has. All of them seem to take us there. <laughs> In fairness, it's because they give us yards of beer and there's good food. It's a good place to start a party. Mm-hmm. Just just putting that out there. 
All right. Uh, last badge we'll talk about today is one that everyone can get because it's yeah. a widely available beer. Uh, <laughs> Bell's Oberon Returns. Yeah. Celebrating this year's return, we've partnered with Bell's Brewery to bring you the brand new Bell's Oberon 2016 badge. You can unlock this badge by checking into one Oberon between March 21st and April 21st. That's going to be pretty easy to do. I, I enjoy the Oberon Ale. Oh, yeah. At the store today, we saw, you know, pack upon pack upon pack stacked up. Yeah. Again, I can't bring myself to buy a six-pack <laughs> of any one beer, not even my favorite beer. So I'm like, well... I'll give it a couple weeks, and they'll be selling the individual bottles. Fine, I'll go up there. We'll split a six. <laughs> we tried to do that too with um because they have the special badge for the Lining Kugel Summer Shandy, and we yeah. aren't um, massive fans of it. But we're it, again, it's for that badge. badge, you know, that it was the badge eats away at you. Yeah. So we're... we didn't get the six pack, and they said that at Party Source they never put that in the single bottles for the Create Your Own, which sucks. No, so now the, we have to find yeah. somewhere else. Then me and Casey just turned and walked away. We're like, well, we're not buying a six pack of it. <laughs> They they do have they do have them individually at liquor barns because oh. uh, I, that's how I got my batch. <laughs> nice. We might check. We still our Kroger um, liquor store actually has a pretty good selection, so we might go there. Yeah, you're also sweet. you're driving through this area. Oh yeah, yeah. Next weekend. So oh yeah, so we could just swing by the liquor store. Swing barn. by one of them, see if they, see if they have it. Because I mean, it's not like it's guaranteed they have it, but that's that's totally where I got mine. Is it just in the cold section? Like ours is just they in the cold a, section. They have a cold and they have a a just a wall. Oh, okay. So there's uh, at least the one on Man of War. We're getting too specific. We'll talk after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Sorry. Y'all don't want to hear this. We've we've burned enough time. Okay. Yeah. We. Moving on. That's all for Untapped. <laughs> All right. I, I believe I believe there actually is a topic that is slightly what people want to hear about. I mean, which which people? Mm, yeah. I mean, not particularly us, but uh, <laughs> we did a little bit of research, and we're going to share with you people about All right. something you want to hear about. Because knowing is half. Not anymore. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> I mean, I'm working on it. Give me time. I can finish this bomber. <laughs> no, uh, like we said at the top of the show, many moons ago when this show started, uh, we were talking about AFIAs today. So uh, the term pale ale, the, the PA of the IPA, <laughs> originally denoted an ale that had been brewed from pale malt. The pale ales of early 18th century were lightly hopped and quite different from today's pale ales. By the mid-18th century, pale ale had, was mostly brewed with coke-fired malt. Coke being a type of coal, not not yes. cocaine that they burned. <laughs> I mean, I'd they, drink that. <laughs> I don't know how, how well cocaine burns, but... <laughs> yeah. It's not the 80s. It's not as easy to find out. Um... But anyway, uh, coke-fired malt, which produced less smoking, less smoking and roasting of barley in the malting process, and it produced a paler beer. Uh, one such variety uh, of beer was the October beer. It's a pale, well-hopped brew, popular among the landed classes who brewed it domestically. Once brewed, it was intended to cellar for two years. Hmm. Beer that's intended to cellar. <laughs> what a novel concept. <laughs> uh, but you know rich people 
uh, would take it and they'd sell it for a while. Um, uh, many attribute this kind of style, uh, the October beer, uh, to uh, British brewer to the British brewer George Hodgson in the 1790s, uh, and he began to add more sugar to his pale ale. Uh, the increased sugar led to higher alcohol. This was the result of the uh, this. The result was that the ale was more bitter than what folks were used to, and that it was able to withstand the arduous trek to India. I'm with a little asterisk here. <laughs> uh, that part of the information is kind of contentious. Whether it was meant to be whether it was extra hopped so it survived the trip longer. Um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. You're going to take some of the history on this with a little bit of a grain of salt. That uh, seems to be lot... the case with a lot of things. They're like, oh, it was extra this to survive the trip. Unfortunately, uh, no one took very meticulous records about their historical process yeah. uh, when it came to brewing. They, they didn't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this infuriates me, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, there's also a little note here that says uh, Hodgson's ego reportedly led to price controls he initiated to effectively monopolize any competitors who cropped up. This also this claim is also subject to some scrutiny because you can't trust anything in this um, in history. But anyway, the story goes that this this sort of beer was made so they could make the long trip to India without spoiling. Uh, Morebeer.com sums it up by saying. Combined the temperature fluctuations uh, with the normal rocking motion of such a journey in the rough waters off the southern off southern Africa, and you have one hellish trip for a nail. Yeah. Um, and again, it's the most common version of the history I've heard, uh, but some think that it was also they just made it to to fill the requisite need among uh, people to among early imports as British colonialism started to take hold in India. Uh, it could also just be pretty simple in that it became popular around this trip because uh, British sailors like to drink. Uh, sure. In fact, British sailors had uh, beer rations like on their on their voyages. Uh, it's probably not great for safety and for sailing, but I bet it's really fun to do. It's really <laughs> great for morale. <laughs> the drinking will continue until morale improves. Um, <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> but the the British would experiment with onboard brewing. Uh, only so much swabbing of the deck could be done. Uh, and they tried to find the best version of the beer as they continued their regular voyage. Anyway, you look at it, alcohol and hops were fine ingredients to try to fend off spoilage. Uh, the heavy on the hops recipe protected against infections by wild yeast, says beer guru Michael Jackson. Beer guru, not, not yeah, deceased not singer. <laughs> yeah, so India Pale Ale is what that is supposed to mean, although it's not really, like, nobody really thinks about it like that anymore. IPA is just a term by itself. Yeah, it was another good discussion we had at the bar with Casey this weekend about how IPA, like, it is its own word now. Like, the, IPA... entire, the entire time I was doing research for some of this episode, I was just like, Casey is just going to be so salty about some of the stuff I'm finding because <laughs> I've heard this, these, I've heard his part of this before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we sat down and asked him, and he gave us his part of it again. We got some of it, but of course I wasn't like taking notes. Because no, we this were is... drinking and eating. <laughs> yeah, um, but he made it, he made a good point. It's just it's like any other. I mean, I'm a big like language freak, so like it's any it's like any other term that comes about. I mean, this is like it, it takes on its own shape and its own meaning after a while. Yeah, and with the styles he was going on 
off on a small tangent. He has a, a fantastic point about like uh, some people are labeling session pale ales as IPAs when they really shouldn't be because <laughs> it's just a pale ale. What? Okay, what? Let's let's get into this. <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of that, so there are a few different styles for IPAs. Um, this was found on Beer Advocate, I believe. This is how BJCP breaks it down as well. Um, do to do. So we have the American IPA. USA, USA, USA. USA. <laughs> I was just gonna pause that. Okay. So <laughs> the American IPA is a different um, kind of deal from the IPA style. It's more flavorful than the English IPA, and the color can range from very pale golden to reddish amber. Um, hops are typically American with a big herbal and or citric character, and the bitterness is pretty high. Moderate to medium bodied and a balancing malt backbone. Um then the uh, the ABV range is actually five and a half to seven and a half percent, so a good good range good, there, I think. Yeah, good good solid percentage. Like when I think of like craft beer ABV, if you're not going super high, it's usually around this range, is what I think. Of. Yeah, like that, that seems to be the the go to. Um, and then the American Double or Imperial IPA. Actually, this, so it's actually the same thing. He's just saying like it's Imperial like. The IIPA, so the double IPA, I don't know. It's like, again, it's like a language thing, a terminology deal. Um, But so the Imperial is an IPA on steroids, basically. Um, Although it's open to the same interpretation uh, as the other styles, it's going to be a little bit more robust, a little bit more malty, uh, definitely more alcoholic, more of a hop profile. Um... (laughs) As this says, that might rip your tongue out. It's yeah. probably accurate. Uh, <laughs> this, this is beer advocate's words, not mine. Yeah, I, which is legit. So I, <laughs> I would honestly compare like the Imperial IPA at, in ales at, to like Russian Imperial Stout, which is kind of this is what this says, I guess too. The oh, okay, the Imperial usage comes from Russian Imperial Stout, a style of strong stout originally brewed in England for the Russian. Imperial Court. Which is the side Remember, I would rather be with on this. Yeah. When um, I hear strong about brewing, I always just go to like a, like a song of ice and fire. Strong Bellas. Yeah, strong <laughs> Bellas. Oh. Uh, so this is double IPA is the preferred name, but I've act, I've seen so like a good number on either side. So I, Yeah, I feel like I I use I hear Imperial more, but maybe I'm just not paying that much attention. I see, yeah, I, I just go back and forth. Um, and then, so yeah, so it did say that it's a higher alcohol content. So the ABV is actually 7 to about 14%. Now, of course, that will be, um, some of that you won't be able to get in certain states because certain states have odd laws about that kind of thing. Like, for example, here in, o- like, well, not here, but in Ohio, right across from us. Remember you what can't... side of the river you're on. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that problem. Uh, but Ohio, you can't get a beer above, uh, was it 12%? No, 10%. You can't get a beer above 10%. I imagine they probably have a similar problem in, like, um, uh, Colorado. The Utah has this problem. Utah, yeah, Utah. I think Utah. That's yeah. yeah, Utah. Has Colorado, this. I'm pretty sure, does, doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Ohio has this, and it brings all the, as I like to say, damn flatlanders across the river to my liquor stores. <laughs> Buying up all my high ABV beer. 
state of your own land, Flatty. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Uh, all right. I guess <laughs> I'll like take someone it. Else, someone else's turn now. I've done my reading. <laughs> Next up, the Belgian IPA. I actually got to have one of these this weekend. I had never had one until then. Oh, yeah, we both I, did. I still haven't. And then, like, immediately after, like, doing research on this, I just they kept popping up in my day-to-day. Yeah. It's oh. like when you get a car and you're like, oh, every other car on the road is this one. Okay, cool. True. <laughs> so we see it everywhere. But the Belgian IPA, inspired by the American Indian Pale Ale and Double IPA, more and more Belgian brewers are brewing hoppy, pale-colored ales for the U.S. market. Like, Because it's the biggest thing. I mean, yeah. they're cashing in, and who can blame them? But there's been an increase of Belgian IPAs being brewed by American brewers. Generally, Belgian IPAs are considered... Too hoppy by Belgian beer drinkers. <laughs> I get where you're coming from, Belgium. Yeah. Which is just great. Belgium, we completely understand and side with you on this. <laughs> that said, come on. Just just try it. I'm down to try everything. Yeah, <laughs> at true. this point. But uh, various malts are used, but the beers of the style are finished with Belgian yeast strains. This is bottled conditioned strains. And the hops employed tend to be American. You'll generally find a clearer bitterness versus American styles and a pronounced dry edge, which I can see that. Uh, often akin to IPA to an IPA crossed with a Belgian triple. I was a lot more <laughs> familiar with the Belgian triple. Yeah, and like I hear tr- Belgian triple, I'm like, yeah, all right. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, and it's like, put an IPA in there. <laughs> all right, I'm still <laughs> okay. Picking it up, I don't know how much I'm enjoying it, though. (laughs) But alcohol by volume is on the high side. Uh, Many examples are quite cloudy and feature tight lacing. Uh, Excellent retention, uh, head retention. It just said retention in this, but I imagine they're talking about the head retention. Uh, Fantastic billowy heads (laughs) that mesmerize, thanks in part to the hops. And yes, I mean... Oh, that's... Yeah, the one that you got. If you upend... A Belgian IPA, I mean, the head on that thing is just going to explode out of that glass. It's not one that you can just dump in. What, like, what, what, how mesmerizing is this billowy <laughs> head? Are we talking like... It's not nitro-mesmerizing, like you know? It's close like, to it. It's like close this... to a Guinness effect. Like, when you're watching snake. it... Let me say, is it like the snake from uh, Jungle Book? Like just <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually. I would put it that way. Yeah, I mean, you, just, you could just set the glass down and watch it go, and you're like, all right. Okay. It is a drink and a show. Uh, the average alcohol by volume on these is six to twelve percent. So you have so still a comfortable area, and then a, getting kind of crazy. Yeah, it can double. <laughs> yeah, but it also says you know it's a it's a style very much in development. Oh yeah, and I I like that idea. Like they're still they're still just trying to see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, as a style, and I like that idea because I mean it is it's Europe coming in with the current American. IPA craze. Right. And they're like, well, let's see what we can do with this. <laughs> you new kids on the block, you have not been doing beer like we have for this long. <laughs> Our next Listen one. Here, Rocky Merck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our next one is the English IPA, uh, first brewed in England and exported for British troops, as discussed earlier, in India during the late 1700s to withstand the voyage. IPAs were basically tweaked pale ales. That were, in comparison, much more malty, boasted a higher alcohol content, and were well hopped. As hops are a natural preservative, 
Historians believe that an IPA was then watered down for the troops, while the officers and the elite would savor the full beer at full strength. I like the sound of that. 99% (laughs) getting screwed over because I forgot which end of that is supposed to be bad. (laughs) 1%. The English IPA has a lower alcohol due to taxation over the decades. The leaner... The brew, the less amount of malt there is, and the less needed for a strong hot presence, which would easily put the brew out of balance. And I can see that. Yeah. Some brewers have tried to recreate the original IPA with strengths close to 8 to 9% ABV. I feel like that's still, like compared to the, the kind they might put out now, that still feels like they're like, yeah, this was the original one. And it's like, eh, I've had stronger. Yeah. Because, I mean, they come in to say after this, average alcohol by volume, the range is 4 to 6.5. So it seems like that's not where you're going to see, like, the crazy percentages closer to what it originally was. Yeah, and I feel this probably, it, it, well, alcohol-wise, it looks like it's, it's much closer to the, the American version. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the other ones seem like they're they're more experimental and they're just ready to, to toss everything into it, I guess. But. Yeah. And, uh, in case you're like, Oh, well, where's the, I mean, this is, you all usually add a lot more in than this. Well, we've already done a whole episode on ales. So if you're wanting to know about the hops and the malts and what's actually happening there, go check out the ales episode. Well, and then the last one, we talked about, um, the varieties of hops, which, uh, if you did, if you'd missed that one, uh, there's a link in the show notes on the last episode that has the website that Casey was using to reference all the different hop varieties. I think you can actually like buy them on that website, but um, it's got all of them listed and gives a description of like what kind of uh, what they're going to produce taste wise. Um, yeah. And so I, ever since then, though, I've actually been kind of interested and I've been looking into what these drinks that we're getting kind of involve because I know like all of us are still very um we're like ipa curious but it's not <laughs> we're not like on the we're we're on the on the boat but we're kind of like at the edge like ready to get near and and step off if we need to um I'm on the life draft getting ready to like lower it but i'm still like attached to the boat yeah like <laughs> so we're like i've been drinking this one and um you know i th- i don't think any of us actually picked a, a very citrusy one this time but, Which is surprising. I know. I'm thinking about it. But... I already drank mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, not the one for the show, but I meant my my citrus. The citrus. Oh, okay. But so I I I'm still I, at this point, especially for the show, and like just keeping my options open. I'm willing to try just about any of the beers, you know, whether it's a crazy ridiculous IPA or not. But as far, I'm still not a fan of IPAs unless they involve some kind of citrus. I mean, I'll try it if someone was able to score some Hulaud and brings it to us somehow, like when we come out to the West Coast, uh, Look, I would I'm, not turn it down. Well, again, just, we'll try it, but will you say this is my thing? No. I'm just saying I chugged the Pilgrim's Dole despite hating it. <laughs> uh, I'll try a Hulaud. I'll probably chug it because, like, I, I I hear that you know that fatherly tone in the back of my head that says you really you're going to leave something that like you're wasting it. <sighs> but 
That said, like I, you know, I joke a lot that I, I hate IPAs, and I'm getting more to where I don't hate them. Uh, but I also don't drink that many true IPAs. Right. Yeah. Uh, every one that I've liked has had some kind of fruit character about it. Yeah. Speaking of either which... either by directly adding or brewing with fruit, or, or from the hops that have produced this kind of citrus vibe. Speaking of which, I believe we should talk about our favorite IPAs, or right. at least IPAs of note that we can talk about now. Because when we started this, yeah, we all had not really had any IPAs. I had had them because Casey made me drink them. <laughs> well, yeah, but you didn't I like didn't any of them, enjoy probably. Them, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, the one, and I don't, it may not even count as a true IPA because I had the, it was this Founders Session uh, IPA. I still really like that. I it's think the better, Session like, ones are better. better. like the, the Ballast Point Grapefruit Sculpin, I think. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I like the Sculpin, just, I like the plain Sculpin. I like the grapefruit. The pineapple was good. Like, Sculpin's going to be where it's at for me right now. That is the most recent one I've had. But I don't know if that's a reason for my saying that. But yeah, <laughs> that's. I will say I'm also now to where I can actually you know get through a Sierra Nevada, where once upon a time I couldn't even finish it. Like, oh yeah, I think I after had... after you try for a while, the the bitterness doesn't destroy your taste buds. Like you're not completely turned off to everything. But I, how it, I however, will ne- will never play a uh, a, a guess the flavor of beer game if if an IPA is one of them because I'm not going to be able to tell once I immediately grab the IPA. Right, right. That is, yeah, I will say that. They always blow out my taste buds and then it's a while before I can distinguish subtle things again. Though I will yeah. say I've, I've learned that IPAs go well with certain foods better than other beers, mm-hmm. which we've talked we tried to talk about on the food episode. Um, and, and same for the doubly same for the citrus because you learn that even takes it a step farther because of, or steps further because of the, uh, the citrus notes and everything. Like, I mean, the citrus goes with so many things, especially this time of year. Right. Um, I okay, so I tried to look through my Untapped, and I don't think it's organized very well because it was missing a couple styles. If you look by styles to all the ones that you've checked in on, but I, I tried looking earlier by not by styles, but just by beers I had seen, and it organized them by date more or less mm. to like i guess the first time you tried them and so i'm, I'm scrolling through some of them i'm just like huh a lot of these are within the last so many months yeah because we've only re- we've only yeah really recently started getting involved with I, <laughs> with the whole thing before but i also didn't keep track of it hardly at all not until... yeah not as much um my it's not really a, a, a secret that my favorite one has been the Citradelic from New Belgium. Right, yeah. Um, I may have a problem. I also enjoyed that one. I was like, that was... Well, Tangerine makes so much sense with the IPA. <laughs> um, I like that one, but then... So that one involves actually using Tangerine. I'm... I, you know, one would assume. But one of my other one, my other favorites, which oddly didn't show up if I look by styles on my untapped list, but... Uh, is Raja. It's a double IPA by Avery Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It smells and tastes of pineapples, but there's no pineapple. It's because of the hops that are used in it. Yeah, And okay. it's fantastic. Um, 
See, and I think back to the analogy of or the the metaphor of us on the the SSIPA. <laughs> like Brittany's like at least, you know, kind of on deck. Chris is, you know, standing a little bit closer to the edge and that's where I am literally on the on the escape boat just like You got one leg on the boat, one leg hanging off like Yeah, just like straddling the pole just okay in a scenario casey's the kraken that's cracked the ship in half and is <laughs> pulling us into the water the cr- no he's more like uh more like the whirlpool that's shooting beer out of the middle of it <laughs> god this would be great artwork um <laughs> unfortunately all of us suck at drawing yeah. uh, in fact um but yeah so all of my favorites involve fruit unfortunately and they're not it's not the same thing as getting like a fruity beer because i mean people definitely do beer fruit beers badly to that like yeah. from you know most of the ones that we've tried but the citrus with the ipas just makes a ton of sense to me i loved the pineapple sculpin i love the citradelic um one that wasn't necessarily meant to be completely that was um the tropical ipa which is the new beer camp series from sierra nevada mm-hmm. that's actually really good um, it, it's not overwhelmingly fruit or citrus at all, um, but it, it's still the the thing that we we all don't like about IPAs is the uh, the bitterness is that bitter aftertaste that you never seem to actually get out of your mouth, and <laughs> it, it it gets really crazy on some of the 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 weirder ones, you know. As a and then if you get like a nice session, um, like the Rheingeist or um, uh, Mad Tree's got the the PSA, the proper session ale. There's tons of session ales out there, actually. Yeah. Then you don't. It's not as bitter. But if you're getting like a 90 minute IPA, <laughs> or a I don't 180? know, yeah, like something else ridiculous. Like I don't know, pick one of six beers from Dogfish Head, and it's probably going to be like pretty bitter. But right. at the same, like I I can drink it and I'll I'll give it a chance, but that's not going to be the one that I pick. Like, if I'm just going to go get a drink, you know? Yeah. The, well, that's how IPAs are in general, are general for me. Like, I don't... I, ha, I have to go out in a mood to explore. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there are times I just want a comfortable beer to settle in, and that's when I fall into a stout. Yeah. Uh, a stout or a porter or um, a good lager. Like, that's just what we've been used to, you know? Right. Um, like I said, I don't have nearly as a, a robust an IPA profile. Like mine are basically just like the the, the grapefruit sculpin from Ballast, and like uh, the the session uh, session ale from um, who did we say uh, Founders? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Look, um, there was one more, but I don't remember which one it was. Um, it may never come to me. Let's just move on. <laughs> There was one earlier that I tried that, again, Casey had left up here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's from Founders, and it's, I, you know, I want to say it's an IPA. I'm going to have to double check on that. Um, oh, gosh, what is it? But yeah, so it's from Founders, and it's, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's a Kolsch. So it's still, it's still an ale. Um, but it was a little bitter for a Kolsch, actually. But it had, um, it was brewed with chamomile, ginger, and lemongrass. It was freaking delicious. Hmm. Um. But so and irrelevant because it's a college and not an IPA. But the thing is, <laughs> Founders makes a lot of good IPAs too. They do. Um, there's so Founders many options. Does well in general. <laughs> yeah, it's a fact. Yeah, there's just so many options now that I guess 
to me, it seems a little odd to just say like, oh, I hate IPAs because there's so many things to try. Right. And and I don't think we would have been trying them had we not started doing the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like the show led to cellaring and it led to IPA experimentation. Yeah. Much more money spent on beer. It led to a lot of things that might be costing us more than our livers. (laughs) Look, my liver is going to listen to me until it finally revolts. (laughs) Hey, mine didn't pack up its things and leave after this weekend. It's probably going to be around for a while. (laughs) But we can get more into IPAs because I believe it's something that we are sharing currently. But I think we also have a bit of feedback. Yes, we do. We got one! Yeah, we got uh, we got another one from Evan. Not a long one, just giving us a little heads up about something. He says, if you guys uh, want to play a dinky but charming and somewhat humorous game, uh, then you should check out Fizz Brewing Management, the brewery management game. He said, he's. Uh, I've sunk more into this game than I should have. Uh, <laughs> the, there's some links to the, it's on, you know, the the... Google Play Store and on the iTunes App Store. Uh, I, I looked at it a little bit, uh, and if I didn't have so many other games trying to take up my time right now, like I'm trying to get trying to get that legendary ring before the new expansion comes out and they get rid of it. Um, oh, good luck with that. Um, I, I'm like I'm like nine things away from getting to the last last quest, and then I'm done. I'm I'm almost there. Uh, but sorry, anyway, it's not, yeah. not wow time. Uh, <laughs> but it looks pretty neat. It's got a it's got a cute, funny little video about you know what the game is, how you start, and it uses like you know real, uh, real ingredients. You you use Turo and the other malts. I don't know all of them, even though Casey mentioned them a couple of weeks ago. But you know you you set up a brewery. You have like a bottling thing and a. It, it looks really neat. I don't know if you guys had a chance to to look through some of this, but yeah, I've looked through some of the pictures. It's so it's so fun. So it looks it looks like those um the the diner management games. You know, it's that kind of deal, uh, and it's all like kind of I don't know eight bit, I guess. Uh, and it's it's fun. It's interesting looking. Um, it, it does look very cute. It's funny, like you know, you hire employees. One of them was like Saint Augustine. It's like a monk. <laughs> Um, I think it would look like a fun game, but the only game I have on my phone is Hearthstone because I have a yeah. problem. Uh, I, so it's not even, I just don't install games on my, my stuff. It's, it's really all Hearthstone. Yeah. It's like a two ninety nine though. If, if you yeah, feel yeah. like picking it up and I was like, well, it's not that bad for a game. Although one assumes there may be microtransactions hiding in there. I assume there will be. But I'm not. I've not played it to know. Yeah. It looks fun, but I just I don't play mobile games. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> yeah. I, I we play suck. some, but by mobile games, like I got into for a little while the the Fallout Shelter. Oh then, yeah, well that yeah, that's a whole separate deal. Yeah, and then, that was a you couldn't stand the hype and wait for Fallout Four, so it was like they were just like here, play this until it comes out. Oh, my my roommate just fell back into it, and because the new DLC just came out, and he realizes that he's he's had people sent out on missions, and he just recalled them, and they're not coming back until like end of next month, or into the month after that. Like he's like, I have like sixty days before these people come back. Oh god. 
like, they got so far out. Yeah, I was like, you're going to be tired of playing the game by then. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so then by the time he quits and then comes back, they'll have finally made it. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, um, I thought it was a really cool thing. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Evan sent, that in, Evan sent that in through Facebook, which feel free to, to send feedback up there or any of the other, any of our other social little connections yes. or email us but we'll give you all that at the end of the end of yeah. the show that's that's getting ahead of ourselves we have we have one more thing i believe to talk about yes so uh, let's get into what we are drinking drink with me friend all right so on the ipa train or boat as it were um i was gonna go toot toot but since it's boat it should be I'm actually um, some seagull. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so I'm I'm going local on this one. Um so we do live like literally a mile from Cincinnati and they um Cincinnati Reds do a big opening day deal and a few of the breweries around here do special beers for baseball season, basically. I, I really need to try to make it up there for opening Oh, yeah, it, it, that's like on our list. At I this say, point, if you but... you want to try and make it to opening day, well, you got to buy tickets this back trip, before the year starts. Out. Yeah, like that is the thing around Cincinnati because it kicks off all Major League Baseball. Yeah, I and, just need. I like. Oh, I'm thinking. Like, I need to go catch a Reds game sometime this year. Yeah, we still haven't been either. And we this live year <laughs> might be the time to do it because they suck. It, I mean, it's it's <laughs> they like traded, they traded everyone good. Everyone is gone. It's a bunch of no names. They're going to be giving away tickets and bobbleheads like their popcorn. <laughs> yeah. So we we want to go at some point. I think it would be nice. But um, yeah. So this is Mad Tree Brewing. Um, probably this is my like second favorite brewery in the Greater Cincinnati area. Um, they always have the best art, and I I really I don't think I've I don't think I've not liked any of their stuff at all. But uh, it's called Rounding Third. Uh, Great art. It's got a little skyline in the background and a big tree with the big mustache. Um, the mustache is like a big red thing. And um, it's a red IPA. Uh, so it's just kind of a weird like variation. It's a, it's a pretty popular variation, too, actually. I've seen it a lot of places. Uh, it's 6.5% uh, ABV. Uh, oddly, it doesn't have the IBUs listed on the can, but uh, they are 51 IBUs, according to Madtree's website. Um, and I also got a note of the hops that are used, just in case anyone's interested. Uh, Nugget, Simcoe, and Cascade hops, which um, I think Casey talked a bit about Cascade in the last episode. Yeah, I think Simcoe Simco and Cascade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the last thing is, it's got this great quote on here, um, and I'm sure maybe people are supposed to know who this is. Maybe it's a baseball player. I really don't know. Because uh, sports. Um, Peter Richmond. <laughs> The quote says, "Beer needs baseball, and baseball needs beer. It has always been thus," uh, <laughs> which is pretty wrong. great. <laughs> um, yeah. But beer it's a, and hot dogs—that's how you get through baseball games, right? Yeah, but it's a pretty good um, IPA as far as IPAs go. It, it's as I was saying before the show started, it's kind of one of those deceptive ones, like the black IPA or something, where it's a completely different. Like by color, it looks like a lager. By it's taste and smell, yeah, it's totally an IPA. It's not nearly as bitter as some of the other ones that I've had, though. 
There's definitely more of a maltiness to it, but you definitely still have a bitter aftertaste. Some of that, yeah. So um, I probably, we have a, like a six pack in there. Uh, I think this is like the second or third one we've gone through. But I don't know that I would get it again, but it was good to try. Like, I'm glad I got the pack. <laughs> because again, it's not my style of IPA. Like, I, it's still a little too bitter for my taste. Three out of six would would IPA again, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I've been drinking uh, something from Rheingeist. Uh, I've been drinking their Session India Pale Ale, uh, the Zin. Uh, may or may not can be considered a a IPA, uh, but it says so on the can, and that's why I bought it. Uh, Rheingeist makes. Pale ales are, that's what they specialize in. It's not yeah. what the only thing they make, because they have a really good blonde and they have a really good uh, porter. Right, right. But right. they make a lot of pale ales, and yeah. they are all pretty good. Um, I nearly uh, freaked Brittany out at the beginning of the episode when I opened it up, because uh, they do it in cans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I kind of half wish I saved it for our uh, one of our other things. Oh, our drink. Just start. <laughs> to hear it open but um no it's a, it's about a 4.8 percent abv uh it's a 45 ibu i don't know what its rate beer is oh crap i'm sorry it's all uh, right it was like um, it was actually high it was like 82 i say i think 82 84 do, something like that let's do a quick check while you can hear me type <laughs> Wait till I have to, you know, hit the hit the other side of this typewriter. Um, yeah, eighty four. Eighty four. Okay. Eighty four overall, seventy four for the style. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it is pretty nice. It's um, not overly bitter. Um, you know, it's only a forty five. So on the scale of IBUs, it's not it's not something crazy like something at like ninety IBUs. That yeah. would just be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy talk. Who would drink something uh, like that? But uh, no, it's it's been it's been pretty enjoyable. Uh, it's it's good enough that I can slowly sip on it throughout the episode. Uh, I mean, I almost choked at one point though because they were mentioning we were mentioning how you know, you could just taste hops forever after you've had a drink, and I was like, it's been like two minutes since my last drink, and I can still taste the hops like I just finished. But they're you know, it's been enjoyable. Uh, it's. One uh, one of the few things from Grindgeist I've had. The last one was dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's way age... hoppier. Well, yeah, and it's like, and you also don't want to age your beer cans in a glove compartment. So. <laughs> that's that's thanks to Casey, and it was just forgotten in there. But it has become a running gag that a glove compartment is not the proper place to age a beer. It, I mean, maybe not for that beer. We could keep trying to experiment. I just hope I don't ever get pulled over and have to pull out my my registration. <laughs> and a can of beer falls out. The <laughs> oh God! I like when I pulled it out. I was like, Oh, thank God! I never got pulled for anything. That's when you're just gonna be like, Hey, it's not open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like, true. It's not uh, wrong. Yeah, it's closed. Do you want it? Um, but yeah, I, I like the Zen. Actually, it's one of the because yeah, they mostly do not not, not mostly, I guess. They have non-hoppier stuff, but they, for the most part, do a lot of IPAs. Um, but I think the Session ones are good, like, because Madry now has a new Session Ale, and I think the Session ones are the nice, like, introduction to, <laughs> to, yeah. to IPA land. 
Well, they're named session because you can drink it's a for, lot of for them a session. in one session. <laughs> yeah. In a sitting, yeah. you can have multiples. Yes. But what have you been drinking, Chris? Nothing too crazy, I hope. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, I am enjoying and enjoy by 42016 from Stone Brewing Company. These just popped out and hit shelves, I think, this week. But it is... I mean, they were bottled not long ago, like within the month. Somebody have the uh, the smoke weed every day clip. Smoke weed every day. Oh, I wish I did. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> I danky. I do, but it would take a minute. I do got to say, it is danky. <laughs> so, someone I work with tried to describe some chili. Someone brought in this dank. Is <laughs> that your word for good? I mean, no. <laughs> it is, but okay. Yeah, this is a danky IPA. You will see a lot of. They're like ridiculous, and there's a bunch of them. It is a popular thing in IPAs. The thing on the label, the bottle says devastatingly dank. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's pretty good as far as IPAs go. Uh, I mean, we're still I'm warming up into them. It is. I mean, extremely fresh. Stone has been doing this program for a little bit. Uh, they chose the date based on the fact that it's 4:20. <laughs> right. But uh, it's an IPA. The ABV is 9.4. Uh, the IBUs coming in at 90, so it's... What? Madness. It is on the high side. Uh, it has a rate beer score of 100. It's pretty high. So they give it perfect marks. And, I mean, and in the category of IPA. So it's, if you want to know what, you know, it's supposed to be an IPA, this is one of them that is IPA to the core. It's really not as bitter as all that, though. Like, it's not... It's a double. But it's not, like, super, super bitter, yeah. I mean, it is bitter, but it's not off-puttingly bitter. It's not as bitter as the one that I was just drinking, though. Yeah, and I can see... I went to check the IBUs on Untapped, because that is a good place to check them every now and then. I can see that uh, Nick checked into one as well, like, right after I did. (laughs) He's he's like, I'm going to drink along. Yeah. But uh, apparently, this is his introduction back to beer because he gave up beer for Lent. Oh, oh yeah. It's so, that time. <laughs> so there was a big uh, welcome back, and that's a big way to uh, come back into it. <laughs> Just welcome back, and all I can hear is welcome back, Cotter's theme. Yeah. <laughs> that's where my head went. Dreams of your ticket out. Sorry. Got lost. <laughs> yeah, it's good and fresh. I mean, you... Stone's doing all these different ones. I This is the first enjoy buy I've had, and I've got an enjoy after in the cellar that we will find out what happens when you age an IPA. Uh, we'll discover that in October. You you make the voyage to India. <laughs> but me and Casey have been discussing. I think we might crack it open then. Uh, we're going to try and come with a beer list for a little tasting for our friends. A bunch of the rare stuff that we can get a hold of and things we've been cellaring yeah. sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas that we're going to call Beers Giving. Oh, man. That sounds awesome. Yes, and you will be coming up for it if we have to kidnap you. <laughs> Somehow you at, will be here. I'm just at work, you know, talking to somebody at the bar. and then we'll just kick just the door talk. open, throw a hood over your face, punch someone, <laughs> and then run out. <laughs> Doesn't matter who it is. The managers would just look by and go like, I mean, it was bound to happen sooner or later. <laughs> I'll grab no. something off someone's plate at the bar and take a big bite of it, run. No one no one would even file a report. They'd just be like, that's eh, fine. 
We're glad to see him gone. <laughs> All right. I think that's pretty much covering what we're drinking. I think it does. Uh, uh, no announcements this week, I don't think. I do have one little announcement. It's Every time. Really, it's going to happen. It's not to do with the podcast. Uh. Uh, it's just a quick <laughs> reminder that April 1st starts KBS week for everyone else. If you're in Whoa. Michigan, if you're in Michigan, KBS week for you already happened. Wait, uh, are we sure? This is not an elaborate joke. It's not an elaborate no, joke. April no. Uh, crap. Well, it starts the first week of April is KBS week. But that means to all of us plebeians who don't happen to live, you know, within okay. spitting distance of founders, uh, KBS will be making it to our local distributors that week. So get with your local liquor stores and find out who is going to be getting it. Uh, that is the Kentucky Breakfast Stout, highly sought after, rare. Most places only sell it by twos. I'm going to drive out to Founders, put a tent in their in their little brewing area, and then just that way when I get up, I can spit onto the building and go. I'm in spitting distance. Let's go. <laughs> See, I good job for you if you live near Founders, but at the same time, like. I have family that lives, who lives in Grand Rapids again, and they had to drive back to like ten inches of snow, and they already had like a foot of snow on the ground or something ridiculous. So there's a there's a give and take, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so everyone keep your beer, keep your beer cold. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Go to your local liquor store if uh, your state allows beer over ten uh, percent, because this is one of those. Issues where everyone in Ohio is coming down to my liquor stores and trying Flat to take landers. all of Flatlanders need to get out of my liquor stores <laughs> because they're going to be taking all my KBS and it's going to make me very sad. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be one of those times where we're like camping out the night before, isn't it? Basically. Possibly. I am. I have. It's like Black Friday for beer enthusiasts. I have two extra vacation days. I might be using <laughs> one of them for this. Uh all right. All right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it for this episode. Um, if you have any, uh, you know, IPA kind of thing that you want to give us, like as a good suggestion, um, maybe it's a weird one. Maybe it's a super fruity one. Who knows? Um, maybe it's actually a stout. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's not an it's IPA at all. Yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, just remember to check us out at haveadrinkshow.com. There you can find. Uh, all of our respective untapped profiles in addition to the show's Twitter, SoundCloud, and Facebook links uh, and Google Plus and Instagram now. Um, it's always uh, have a drink show for the username for just about anything uh, social media wise. The, sh- the website also has the feedback page where you can fill out the form which sends us an email or you can use feedback at haveadrinkshow.com to send us any feedback. That can be about the show in general. Again, any beer suggestions uh, or suggestions for just about anything like that that game, for example, that Evan had sent us. Maybe maybe what's best to juggle with. Maybe how send I should me. wear my hair. I mean, we're <laughs> open. Yes. Send us all kinds of suggestions. Uh, and as always, we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Len Peralta for the album art. Uh, they both do wonderful work. Uh, and you can find links to their stuff on the episode page, uh, page on the site. And remember to subscribe. Well, subscribe to anything, but particularly us <laughs> uh, on your favorite podcatcher. And please rate us on iTunes. It, it will really help spread the word. Uh, I almost broke into introduce your mom to podcasts. <laughs> she probably knows. Or not, if it's my mom. Uh, and the links to subscribe to us can also be found on the site. 
Yes. Uh, so once again, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode. And I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. And we will see you next time. Bye.